We are back after Thanksgiving from Stillwater, Oklahoma. You're listening to The Weak Side. I am Curtis Quillen. I am Armando Today. And I am Nick Skidmore. And, gentlemen, how was your Thanksgiving holiday? Very well, very well. It was stuffed with food. Oh, yeah. I know I know a lot about that one. I, I ate way too much. Way it's, too much. It's going to be a long... It was a long walk to class on Monday. <laughs> yeah, well, now we got to get rid of it all, Bob, yeah. before we all leave. Yeah. yeah that's exactly it. <sighs> I still felt I still felt stuffed sitting on the plane on Sunday. Yeah, it was it was it was a long weekend, but it was a good long weekend. Yeah, it really we was. Just didn't much, move anywhere. Much needed long weekend. Oh yeah. Um, hell of a weekend in college sports though, wasn't it? Oh, it was absolutely it was amazing. We'll get to that whole Iron Bowl fiasco later, because I know I've got of my three questions that I've gotten so far for fan mail, all three of them are related to the Iron Bowl. Yeah, it's okay. going to be... Um, and then yesterday, some big news out of the Pac-12. You don't hear that every day. Big news out of the Pac-12 in football. Steve Sarkeesian leaves the University of Washington to take the head coach's job at the University of Southern California, a place where he was an assistant coach for seven years under Pete Carroll. Good move or bad move? Great I think move. it's a good move. Great yeah, move. Yeah, great I, move. I thought it was a great move, too. I even what? said that on Twitter. The only thing I don't think is a great move is Orgeron saying, no, I don't want your money. I think I'm going to go test the water. After he already said, I want to stay here as an assistant. Yeah. It, that's what happens when you taste a little power. He, he thought he thought that that job was his after what he did. I can guarantee he's like, oh, okay, they want me. He, he's probably right now, he's bitter. I'm not getting the job. Them going outside of what he, what he thought was going to happen would have been him. But... The way I see this is Ogeron saying I'm fine with being an assistant here, but in his mind, he knew after he took over for Lane Kiffin, the university liked what he did, so he figured whatever he said, in a sense, wouldn't matter, Yeah. and the university would just take it into their own hands and be like, oh, this guy's been doing good, here's your head coach. He's, he's nine times out of ten, that interim head coach, if he wins two, three games, Get especially you. in college... Well, yeah, he'll get it. That's just it. It's just point in fact where if you do well as a... It pays off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do well as a coach, it gets paid off. I didn't mean to take a role there, but... Um, my, what confuses me about this is he was offered giant pay raise. He he would have been the highest. No, it was like second or third highest. Second or third second highest. Second or third assistant. highest assistant. Still, that's in in three hundred and twenty five schools in all of the NCAA. That's that's, impressive. A, that's actually just Division One when you combine FBS and FCS. Yeah, that's that's insane. Um, now I want to ask y'all something. How do you, what do you think about Sarkeesian fitting into the whole USC persona? and the system that they have in place in L.A. Because I know he was an assistant there before, and uh, a lot of people are saying it's a great move. I I think it's a great move. You guys both think it's a great move for both parties. I think Sarkeesian was one great recruit, was one blue chipper at, U- at the University of Washington away from a BCS Bowl, from, a, from uh, an at-large or a Rose Bowl berth. And I think he's one, probably... He is one of the most underrated coaches in the country just because of the fact that look who else is recruiting that area that he has to recruit right now. Yeah. University of Oregon, uh, Stanford. So, I mean, it's hard UCLA. to get the, UCLA. It's hard to get those recruits. And so now he's got his own little territory at USC. I wouldn't be surprised to see him win some Pac-12 championships. I wouldn't be surprised for him to steal some 
some would be Washington recruits. Yeah. Think about think about all the times that you know. Oh, I like this coach. I really like the way this coach is. He's gone. What? Now, now although at the kids. same at the same time, those kids might not fit into USC. That's true. But if you like the coach that much, it's it's one of those things where what do you do? I'm not saying you know Sarkeesian Choke taking this job just because he didn't because that would then you know screw over. I don't want to say screw over, but it hurts Washington greatly because there's recruits who are going to decommit. I guarantee just because that, that's they what happens with every time. Yeah, every time a coach leaves, there's decommits. Uh, for instance, Tareen Waller Prince was San Antonio, and I know I'm using a San Antonio example, but that's where I grew up. Uh, Tareen Waller Prince was the San Antonio Boys Basketball Player of the Year at the high school level, uh, our junior year of high school, and he signed with LIU Brooklyn. And once uh, LIU got a new coach, he decommitted, and now he's at Baylor. Yeah, it's one of those things where you form a special bond with that coach, and you want that coach to be your coach. Well, yeah, because they're the ones that come into your living room and say, exactly. play for me. That, and that's exactly it. Um, Keyshawn Johnson came <coughs> out and said that he thinks Sarkeesian's going to be a bust just like Lane Kiffin was. And so Doug Gottlieb took to Twitter and said that, yeah, Sarkeesian is a lot like Lane Kiffin, except there's two differences. Sarkeesian is smart and competent, and yeah. Kiffin wasn't. Lane Kiffin has never been... And- I don't know whether just because I just don't like the guy. I have never felt that Lane Kiffin would do well in anything. He would have done okay at Tennessee. He did He did fairly well his only season there. Problem is he screwed them over on that's, the recruiting that's a, that's violations. A, it's, it's more so that I guess it's not not as a coach. He's not a bad coach, I would say. He just he thinks the rules don't apply to him. That's that's what more so he that's thinks exactly that what since happened. his dad is Monty yeah, Kiffin, he's going to cover him up. Exactly, his dad's Monty and Kiffin. He, he thinks he can he get away burned, with everything. He burned that bridge a long time ago when he fired his dad. Where was it? Tennessee or was it? Oh, it was it, it, was, it, was, it was SC. Was it Tennessee? It was either Tennessee, Tennessee or SC. I think it was SC. It was SC because Monty Kiffin yeah. was always at SC. Yeah. Um. I just. I, I'm really I'm glad for Sarkeesian. Now the question is, who does the University of Washington hire? Do they promote from within, or do they go after, um, or do they go after someone like uh, Auburn did with Gus Malzahn? It's one of those things where you know what what's going to happen here. Uh, I can see, as weird as it sounds, I can see them looking at Orgeron yeah. saying, "Hey, look, you want the opportunity to be a head coach? We need you." We're not we're not a great program. We're not a poor program. We're a middle of the road program. Well, we'd love for you to come here. They're getting all new stuff next year: new practice facility, new football stadium, new uh, weight room facilities. They're getting everything new next year. They have a. I mean, they use that to their advantage for recruiting because they need something. Yeah. Oregon got that brand new football facility this year, beautiful football facility, and so recruits are automatically drawn to that. Not you to sign mention, everyone. Yeah, Nike is in Eugene, mm-hmm. and so that draws a lot of attention there. So you, Washington needs something to draw those recruits away from Eugene. What happens when you go to Oregon? And I've never been there. I've never been a recruit there, but I guarantee that you leave with something, something along the lines of a well, Nike free pack or something. You're not there? technically not unless you give a verbal while you're there. Oh, I'm sure a lot of kids get verbals, and I, I'm sure as soon as you get verbals, you get once a you lot get, of free stuff. Once you give a verbal, you're allowed a certain amount of stuff, and then the rest can come in after you sign. 
Um, but you're not allowed to get anything in, until you commit. But that's and that's like us now here. We have the new Sherman the Sherman Smith Sherman Smith complex. I mean, you have these key that's selling a, points at every a, place. That's an awesome facility, by the way. Yeah, you have these key. Each place is trying to get these, you know, huge new indoor stadiums, practice facilities yeah. that you can. Well, say, oh, look who I have. They they go after the indoor practice facilities because at that point you can you, you can practice no matter what the weather is. That's the big thing, especially here in Oklahoma. They ha- there's a joke in Texas: if you don't like the w- weather, wait a few minutes. But here in Oklahoma, wait till the next day. Which means, when it comes to practice, if it's 40 degrees and raining and windy, it's still going to be 40 degrees and raining and windy later on in the day. And so, you need something where you can go and practice without worrying about your players getting sick, slipping, falling, breaking something. And so that a lot, that's why a lot of schools are going after indoor practice facilities because you can practice away from the elements and minimize exposure to the elements in order to maintain player safety. Not to mention it's great for recruiting. Yeah. Although the bubble in Austin is the single worst idea in the history of college football. <laughs> but that's a different story. The Sherman Smith Center, they built the way it did because Boone Pickens goes, I don't want an air bubble. It fits into... If you look at it from the outside, it fits, it, it fits into the campus. Yeah. It fits into Boone. It looks just like Boone Pickens Stadium. Yeah. And, and it's, it's sandstone and brick. The the inside of it's really cool, too. There's no air conditioning or heating inside of it, but it it's a giant permanent structure. It blocks the wind, so it's it works. We've got a rehearsal in there Saturday morning because of the crappy weather we're expected to have for Bedlam. Oh, so you have to go inside of it. That Well, I've been inside of it twice already. We rehearsed inside the Sherman Smith Center before the Baylor game and the day before the Texas game. So, uh, twice in two weeks. So, who does... So, other than Orcheron, who's on Washington's radar? Do they look at someone like Todd Monken, see what he did as an OC, but then get worried by his performance at Southern Miss? I think Todd Monken controls his own destiny. He's done, he's done enough where he can say yes or no to a job, and people will be okay with it. I believe it's they're Washington's not gonna make out from this. They're not no, let's say. Jim Mora type coach is going to just come out of the water and be like, yeah, that's, oh, that's Washington, crazy. I'm here. No, that's not going to happen. I mean, who knew of Ogeron before he took the job at, or I guess was put in at USC? No one really. No one. He wasn't even a coordinator, was he? I guess he was someone. He was a recruiting advisor. He was the recruiting the recruiting recruits, guy. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where, yeah, you would like to have a big-name coach, but you don't need to have a big-name coach to go everywhere. At this point, Washington needs something that will win them games. What about the, Todd uh, Monken did something this year at Southern Miss, by the way, that the previous coach wasn't able to do, and he only – or Larry Fedora was his okay. name. Mm-hmm. No, Larry Fedora is in North Carolina now, the guy who replaced Fedora. Went 0-12. Well, Monken started off 0-11, but, I mean, he was playing Arkansas, Nebraska, Boise State, good teams. North Texas. Well, he beat UAB to end the season on Saturday. So he did something that his predecessor, Southern Miss, couldn't do. And that was win a game. 
But, I mean, he's a good coach. But what was it you were... What about uh, Boise State's head coach? I can't think of Peterson? Name. Yeah, Chris what about Peterson? Peterson? He, was, he was looked at for the SC job. Yeah, but he took himself out of that. He, don't, uh, he doesn't want to leave Boise. He was also... Uh, I, I, I don't mean to be rude to him, but I think he needs to leave the shit before it sinks here. It, it's, that, that, it's not a sinking shit. That, that program, I think, in the next four or five years is going to go down. It'll come back up. But it's going to take a lot of work, and I don't know if the people in Boise are going to want that. The only problem with it was the only problem with it this year was the fact that uh, Southwick got hurt, or Chadwick, their quarterback got hurt against Southern Miss, and he was out for a while. In fact, look at look at Missouri; their quarterback got hurt, was out for a while. They suffered their only loss of the season without him. That's true. I mean. Yeah, they're a young team. They're trying to replace Kellen Moore. They're trying to replace some really Tavon. big key pieces. Save on Austin. And yeah, they still went eight and four. That's not a sinking ship. They lost to Washington in Seattle, at Fresno State by one, and then at BYU and at they never lost at home. All they ever, their, do they ever lose at home? That's the real question. I don't think they ever lose at home. I don't remember when the last time they did was, but I mean. I mean, their losses, they had a bad loss to Washington, a bad loss to BYU without their quarterback, and they lost at San Diego State by three in overtime, and they lost at Fresno State by one. And I think that was on a last-second play, too. Um, So, Boise State's not a sinking ship. I don't – Chris Peterson, I don't – I don't know that he wants to leave Boise. They talked about him for another job, and he said, I don't want to leave Boise. I don't remember which job it was. Um, he got the, he went there from Texas. He's out of the Mac Brown tree, by the way. Um, That's another coach who might get the axe. I hope he does. But how about this in, for the Washington job? Randy Shannon. Linebacker coach at Arizona, at Arkansas right now. He'd be a good fit. He was at Florida, or Miami, he was at the U for the longest time, and now he's just a linebacker's coach in Arkansas. He'd be I, a good I think Randy Shank is still coach. Yeah, so do I. I think... I don't I, think he ever should have got fired from the U. No. Um, I think he'd be a really good fit. I mean, I that that's kind of along the lines of what uh, UTSA did when they started their program. They went after a yeah, an older, older coach, who, older coach who, who knows what it's like to win national championships and win football games. Let him start up the start up the train. And for those of you who don't know, UTSA's head coach is Larry Coker, who won a national title at the U, and then lost another one, and then lost one the next year in double overtime. Um, he was also offensive coordinator here when Mike Gundy and Barry Sanders were in college. Um, that's, a, that's an old that's an old fellow right there. Yeah. He's he's been there. He's been he's been in the uh, coaching world a long time. Um. So, a, a lot of there's a lot of people going back and forth on this whole Sarkeesian move, and that that's their that's their deal. I, I think it's a good move. I do too. I, I think it's great for both him and the program itself. So. Did you all hear about that Jason Kidd nonsense that happened yeah. last week? Yeah. I, I thought that was kind of comical. I thought it was, it was thinking on his feet. 
You know, it's one of the. F- I think it's the first time they find somebody for doing that. There's an ex NBA coach on ESPN.com, ex Heat coach rather. Um, it was Kevin Law, Kevin Lowry, who uh, said the spill a drink trick goes way back. He, he was just the first one. The camera was on on his face when he said that. Because if the camera no. is not on his face, there were, the coach for the I think it was. Uh, the Mavericks were playing somebody. It was like two or three years ago, and no, it was uh, I think it was Tom Thibodeau. They were playing the Thibodeau. Bulls, and t- uh, the Bulls were out of timeouts. It was in Dallas, and they did the same thing. I, I think it's hilarious. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was a really smart thing on his feet to do that. I mean, obviously he has seen it done before. He was playing in that game in Dallas. Okay, so obviously he has seen it. You know, been been done before or else how would he how would he know how to do it um kevin lowry said he used to he used the spill a drink gimmick several times in his 20 years as a head coach in the what's now the def- long defunct aba and in the nba as well um i think 50,000 was a little hefty uh, i don't know it's one of those things where it, it i guess the nba is just trying to lay down the law that's yeah and they, and that's what all of them are trying to do. Now is just, is just lay it down and try and make it make it so. Look, you can't do anything wrong because we're rule with an iron fist. And that's and crap. We saw that with Mike Tomlin it hasn't been official. They're looking at a that's six that, figure that's fine six, and a crap. draft pick. That's crap. I'm okay with giving him six figures. That's yeah, fine. give him the fine. The fine is, the fine I'm is okay. too much. And I don't, need, I don't care I, about I'm the Steelers okay. one bit, but the fine is too much. I'm okay with giving him a fine. I'm okay with, you know, even a fine that much. That's a fine. fine is deserved. Because a, a fine, yes. Six digits, no. Let me tell you because this. he impeded the... He, but did not be, he stepped on the field of play when the play was But going. if you're going to give him a six-figure fine, now you have to go back and review the game tape from every game this season and find every coach Which, who's come onto the field at any point in the game six figures. Exactly. While while play's going on, and it's it's one of the things where I'm like, mm. it but, didn't affect but, the outcome but of the a game. draft pick. That's the draft pick is way too far. You're, you're going from not just finding disciplining a coach, but hindering a full team yeah. in that for one play. They're talking about a fourth round draft pick here. Granted, he knew what he was doing. Whatever he said in his press conference was pure crap because we he watched. Was just, it. Yeah, he was he was yeah. laughing about it. It was like uh, he's, he was saying he always stands on the field. He's always measuring where the – not measuring, but, like, where the runner's coming when he when he's uh, coming at him or whatever. But his press conference was complete crap, even though we're Steelers fans here. But it was so bad to watch. But the, that draft pick talk is just ridiculous. And it, it is way too far. One re- okay, now now that I'm reading something on the USA Today, it actually makes a little bit more sense why they're talking about such a hefty fine. Tomlin is on the competition committee. So he's in charge. He's on the committee that is in charge of making the rules and enforcing them in the NFL. That's only a nine-person committee. And there's only three coaches, and he's one of them. Um, now... He indirectly, because he, it, to me, direct interference r- involves physical contact. He indirectly interfered with Jacoby Jones' kickoff return, but it had no effect on the outcome of the game. 
And you can say, oh, but it could have. But the he fact wasn't going to score on that play regardless. If, if you watch That's, the play, you, you can't say what if he doesn't. What if he doesn't get a field? He was called. Look at, no, look at I, stride he, never I, stopped. I understand. Yeah, his stride never called. stopped. He I, didn't I, make a move to get out of his way. Hold on. It's one of those things where it's like, come on now. Hold on. There. I mean, you listen to all these people. Oh, it could have affected this. It didn't affect anything. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Nothing happened. The, the fact of the matter is, it didn't affect the play because he wasn't close enough to him, and. It didn't affect the outcome of the game. The Ravens still won that game. There's no reason to give him that heavy of a fight. Yeah, it's it's the fact that they the Ravens won. I feel yes, you give him a fine just because. Hey, don't do that again. Why why would you do that? It's you find him because it's like one of those things. Hey, you know, don't don't do it. It's there's no point in doing it. You know, just a slap on the wrist type of thing needs to be done there. If he tackles him. Okay, maybe... Like a Friday Night Lights kind of deal? Yeah, like uh, the Dolphins. Mono's looking up right, right now. Right here. The Dolphins um, gunner got took a knee to the uh, thigh from the Jets' strength coach. Yeah. Stopped basically taking him out of the play. No, I remember that play. Which he was gone. Yeah. He was, a, he was gone, and that was six points. Now, I can't remember if they awarded the touchdown because on, the officials can award a touchdown at that point. Yeah. But here it says... The Jets manager who tripped the Miami Dolphins player was suspended from the team without pay and was fined twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I remember that play. I know exactly. And what he I'm actually about. interfered. Yeah, Mike Tomlin didn't touch him. Granted, he was on the field, got out of the way, even though whatever he said was wrong. He did was he, what he did was wrong, but it didn't affect the play. His intentions were bad, and it's. I don't know. It's, it's he, it got to the point though that he wasn't going to do it just to tackle him. He wasn't. There's no. I guarantee, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Steelers fan. I'm not saying this, you know, defend Tomlin. I I don't see him going on the field and tripping Jones. He doesn't do it. He no. he's standing. Maybe at one point in time he was just there. He's like, oh, what happened? And then he realized, oh, he's right behind me. And he's like, no, I'm gonna stay here. He was because he's there to begin the play. The, only, it's the only reason anybody, the only reason anybody's giving this so much thought is the fact that he had that smug look on his face at the end of the play. Yeah. And but, but that think, like, he always has that smug look. At uh, he not during that play. He didn't. <laughs> I. Here's the play. I've got it up, and I mean he's running down the sideline. He goes. Okay, he's so far away from Tomlin. It's not even funny. And I look at oh this no. Now, okay, Tomlin was a little... Okay, people are getting pissed off. Tomlin's not running... Tomlin's like, oh, shit, I gotta get out of the way. No, it's one of those things where... But he's looking behind him. It's kind of, it, It's one of those things where, yeah, he did do it. But I'll leave it this way. Jacoby Jones did not have to go down the sideline that close to the that, sideline. Either. That angle, and you can tell that the look on uh, Tomlin's face is because... Ooh, that was close. Yeah, but... Yeah. You, Jacoby Jones... Look at, Look, go ahead. Look at where Jones. Jones takes the sideline. Yes, you're supposed to take the sideline. You're not supposed to run, try and put your feet on the hashes when you run on the outside hashes. Well, I mean, he was just running straight. There, Jones didn't do anything intentionally. Regardless, but Jones, Jones, to Jones put your can meet and everything. Jones isn't, like, the, Jones isn't a factor in this. Regardless, where you're supposed to put your feet, you're not, you're not expecting to run into a coach no. down the sideline. Like, can you imagine if that was the outcome at the Iron Bowl? That would have been hell. If, 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 Gus Mal, if Gus Malzahn or Nick Saban at some point comes on the field. field. Takes, if it's on the other side, 
If it is on the other side, if it's on the other side, what happens? Does an Auburn player come on the field and tackle a kid? I'm being I'm being dead serious. I I wouldn't say they come on the field, but they're right next to that sideline. Yeah. Does the twelfth man happen? Twelfth man, that's A and M, buddy. No, the twelfth man, as in the twelfth man, jumps off the bench and tackles it. (laughs) Um. No, I think I think that kick gets if the if the kick return goes the other way, I think he gets tackled by a player on the field. I don't because there were so many Bama players on that side. I don't think that it has that somebody comes off the sideline and has any <coughs> real effect on that play. Um, it's in, it's it's interesting. So we'll we'll keep looking for stuff on Tomlin, but there was no decision on their meeting yesterday in New York. So. The, the fine is okay. The draft pick's ridiculous. I'm not. Yeah. After watching it, I'm not even sure if he should really be punished. It, he needs to be punished just because it was. It, it's one of those things where the, the NFL's going to do. If they're going to the do NFL it, they're going to go do it with every other coach, and he's going to make that point, and he's going to end up getting suspended because he's going to tell Roger Goodell where he can put his. Roger Goodell's got to get fine. out of the NFL. How he's, long so he's gone? I don't even know. No, it's Seelig and Stern are gone. Seelig and Stern. Yeah, we'll Stern's gone. gone in February. Seelig's gone in January. January. Of next year. So. Um, this year, yeah. Yeah, it's coming year. So, I was talking with a guy that owns the gym that our AAU club works with, and he was telling me that um, I told him some of the personnel on my fantasy basketball team. And he goes, well, there's the reason you're losing so much. You have crappy players. <laughs> we could have told you that. And, uh, well, I mean, when I went through that draft, I was like, I'm either going to be really good or really bad, and there's no in-between. And the last four weeks, I've been really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've been losing by between four and 400 and 1,000 points. So, and For I, all of you who don't know, we're currently... Four weeks in to the said. No, five. I'm one in four. Week, this is week five. I'm, this is week five, I thought. Am I, I, I thought I was one in four. I don't know, but I won the first week and I've lost every week since then. You might have a bye week. You I, have a bye week. I'm on a bye week this week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm one in four. This is week six. Yeah, I'm four and one. Um, Armando, what's your record? I haven't won. You haven't won? Yeah, he's no. trying to lose. I, that's, that's the thing. I, basketball I, is never my sport, but I just did it because I like to draft and... I had fun with it. His first round draft pick, guys, was Matt Bonner yep. out of San Antonio. He boosted his average draft position like, by four spots. By four positions. Yeah. Or four rounds. It was one of those. Yeah, I think it was rounds. I think, I think it, was it was four, four rounds. rounds. Yeah. And I'm sure like all the ESPN insiders are going nuts. Why is this kid picking Bonner? Why is he go up this high? Why is Bonner I'm, a first round pick? I'm sure it's happened before. Not with Matt Bonner, but with just any player. Because, I mean... I don't know. Just, I don't just with players I, that you love. I got to take advantage of my bye week and rebuild my team. I mean, Darren Williams is out. Jose Calderon is day-to-day. George Hill, O.J. Mayo. O.J. Mayo, he's really pissing me off. That was your first pick. That was your first round pick, wasn't it? Yeah, that was my first round pick. And he's got great potential. And he just flies under the radar because he plays for bad teams. And An- Another person who got really... Uh, screwed. Yeah, was um, Jordan. Uh, Jordan Bland on our team. He has the My one and only, the man who loves to watch the playoffs from the sideline, Derek Rose. 
any roses yet this year? We'll put a, oh, yeah, we'll put a picture of them on Facebook. The playoff editions. The playoff editions. Is it uh, crutches? No, they're dress shoes. They're dress shoes. <laughs> they're That's great. I've got Luol, Dang, Boris Diaw, Joe Kim Noah, Kawhi Leonard, Tim Duncan, Mike Conley, Danny Green, Brooke Lopez, Kyle Lowry. You guys want to know who my highest scoring player is? Sure. Kawhi Leonard. Oh, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. That's not bad. The fact that mm-hmm. the, what's bad is that sometimes my second highest scoring player is Boris Diaw. So, I got to I gotta rebuild my team this week. How are y'all's fantasy teams going? Mine's going good. I'm currently my hockey team's one. good. My hockey team's really good. But everything else is crap. Both of my bas- both of my football teams missed the playoffs. Yep, same here. I think I got one in. That was it. One of my teams went six and five, and the other one went seven and six. Yeah, I I I am currently in in the playoffs. No. In one of the leagues, the other one I need one. I just need one. Uh, one little. Wait, wait, wait. Where's the? Line. Where are the brackets? Uh, it's, it's got me playing this week in the second week. Uh, there's a constellation bracket. I do know that. Oh. There's a constellation bracket for both both sides. I got a... This is so... Yeah, I'm third in my division in the second league that I'm in. Um, the three of us are all in the same two leagues. For the, at least my, the only fantasy football teams I have are, are in leagues with you two. And, uh, yeah, I suck. I'm doing a horrible. I'm currently in third in my division, and I am fifth overall. Yep. I'm having a great, great run. You're, you're having a great run in, in all sports. Not just not just fantasy basketball. Your fantasy football team sounds like they're doing really well. And well, I mean, listen, my, my, my personnel, I mean, Drew Brees. I don't even know what I, – I, I know I won last night, but, I mean, I'm, it's just so frustrating. Oh well, season's just about over. Um, yeah, it's it's getting to the point now. Either you're a in the playoffs, or b not in the playoffs. Or b, or, or b you're just kind of <laughs> done. You, um, you're just done. All in all, if you're not in the playoffs, you're like okay, whatever. It's you don't you don't take the time to look at it. Yeah, I'm just I'm and, just and that's what happens. Especially you have, I have I have three teams. I have two on the floor, and I have my family one back home. So it's like, okay, well, am I? Am I anywhere in the in the playoffs? Yes. Okay. Well, that team I'm gonna focus on. The other two I'm just not gonna worry about. Um, so I'm in my family one. I'm in the second league. So that's that's those are my two main focuses. Those two. Do leagues. you know how many times I looked at my fantasy football or basketball teams while I was home for Thanksgiving? No, I didn't look at my fantasy no, basketball. Zero. Although I did get a like. I was gonna look at it Wednesday night and set like, set everything up for that week, but then I got a call from my buddy at the in the core uh, over at. Tamu, and uh, he goes, "What are you doing? Nothing. Get over here. We're going to see Thor." And so I went and saw Thor, and that was the whole reason. I didn't look at my teams at all. Um, yeah, I'm a. I suck at fantasy. And, it, and it's not. It's not just that, but it's it's injuries is what really kills you. 
It's not the fact of... <laughs> yeah, it does. Speaking of fantasy, how about Tim Duncan hitting the game when he shot last night? You have no <laughs> idea how happy I was about that. Oh, we, oh I'm gosh. sure we heard you yelling all the way in the lobby. Actually, I was really tired last night. I was laying in my bed watching the Texas-Vanderbilt game, and uh, I got the text, and I was like, thank you, Timmy. That was, that was my Come reaction. Here. I was like, thank you, Timmy. And, you know, if the Atlanta coach wasn't an assistant in San Antonio last year, I'd be really worried that we only beat Atlanta by two. Yeah. It's funny how that that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Brown, the Cleveland head coach, he was great. He was a great pop mm, assistant. And George Carl. The only reason he's still in, he's back in Cleveland is because LeBron liked the way he coached. Because so. he's expecting LeBron back after this season. I, don't, I, I think Mike Brown might be the only sane person in that organization who's not expecting LeBron James to come back. It's, I, I'm not expecting him back. I'd love to see him back. I, I wouldn't bring him back in open arms. I'd like, hey. Don't ever do that to me again. But I, I would accept him back into the... Well, to, do you blame him for leaving? He wasn't no. going to win a championship. I don't blame him for leaving, but I blame him for the way he left. Like I'm taking my talents to South Beach. There's a way to do it. And yes, a lot of that was fueled by ESPN when to do an hour-long That thing. was entirely fueled by ESPN. But he could have said no to it. He could have done what Ray Allen did. Uh, Tim Hudson, when he left the Braves this year, signed somewhere else. You know, took it took out a whole page again. The whole reason in the, in the newspaper said thank you, fans. Wrote a hand handwritten letter and they you know put it in there. It, it's one of those things where you you okay, choose Ray, how you want to leave. Ray Allen didn't do it because Ray Allen wasn't the best player in basketball when he was leaving. LeBron James was the best player in basketball, hadn't won a championship, and had sev- all the entire league would have welcomed LeBron James into their city. In fact, I don't. Rem- I, I know they talked about him possibly touring the San Antonio facilities. I don't know if he actually did or not, but I didn't ever want him to come to San Antonio. He wouldn't have fit the system, and he still wouldn't fit the system. But he was the best player in basketball. There's only about four teams where he'd fit the system for. Well, the Spurs will refuse to change for anybody, but, but a lot of other teams will change for him. There, I was going to say, there's those four teams that refuse to change, but there's about another 26 teams that will work around him. Exactly. To, and say, okay, if you want to come here, that's perfectly fine. Exactly. The four teams that I think refuse to change are the Spurs, the Chicago, the Lakers. No, I think right about now. Either one of those teams would change for now, him. But coming into the season, no. Coming into the season, look, Chicago still may have because they were there were still question marks about Derrick Rose. At the beginning we of the found season. out why. Um, Very quickly. I don't really know who the other three are. I mean, yeah, at any other time before Kobe gets injured, before D. Rose gets injured, I think Chicago and the Lakers are teams that would Indiana. Adjust. Indiana would adjust. The Clippers. Indiana. Clippers, I don't think. He wouldn't fit the Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers. He, he there's, too much, the Clippers. there's already too much stars there. Yeah. He wouldn't fit there. He wouldn't Same fit. Same with New York or but Brooklyn. But the team would be, Brooklyn. he wouldn't fit in any of those cities. But those three owners would all more than willing say, I'll have my coach adjust. I'll have Jason Kidd. I'll have Doc Rivers. I'll have Mike Woodson change for you. So, um... It's, it's one of those things where, yeah, you, you will have these teams change, but there's no point in putting him beside Mello. Because then you have a battle of who's going to take the last shot in the game and miss it. That's uh, not a battle. <laughs> That's a very, very easy decision. And then Carmelo would be gone. and then Carmelo's going to be gone anyway. He's worthless. He's not. He was, a, he was good in Denver, and that was it. <laughs> and now he's just 
greedy, wanting money, and he thinks he's, worth it. he thinks he's a lot better than he was. He was great in college, but he, I don't. I felt like he was better in Denver when he had it all to himself, and well, he didn't even have it all to himself. AI was his point guard. For how long? It was only a couple seasons. And when he didn't have Allen Iverson, it was Chauncey Billups. So we always had oh, a yeah, great point guard. So I think it's just he he wanted to get out of Denver so bad he isn't going to win basketball games now. He will never win a championship. I'm sorry, but Carmelo Anthony will never win a championship in New York. No. There is talk of Mike Woodson being fired, by the way. If that... Because uh, there's still too. Oh well, I couldn't care less about the Knicks, quite honestly. Um, let's let's talk about hockey. The good old sport. Oh, Mondo, yes. how has how have the Devils been doing? They streaked for a little bit. They were streaking, and lost last night up in Montreal. It was kind of a bittersweet trip up to Canada last night. It was the first time. The Devils have traveled up to Canada, or Montreal, rather, since the death of Marty Brodeur's father, who is uh, actually a Canadian ph- photographer. Who He was big with photography, and especially the Devils and the Canadians, because with them being native to Montreal and all that, it was bittersweet for Marty. And last night, Devils were up. One nothing, fell to two one in the second period. Came back, tied it at two, and then ended up losing in the third period by a score of three to two. So, and then mid mid to late first period, I believe there was two minutes left in the first period. Adam Henrique goes down with a lower body injury, basically got sandwiched in between two players. Kind of looked like it just knocked the wind out of him to begin with, and then he went off the ice and did not return. So. We're still waiting to hear on the status of Adam Henrique, and that's big for the Devils. If he can't go for the next couple weeks, it's going to definitely hurt their lines, and it's it's going to be tough to replace Henrique. It was tough to it was tough to play without him when he started the season. It was pl- and it was tough to uh, it was just tough to adjust when he came back because when they went to the Cup in two thousand. 12, when they had that fourth line with Adam Henrique, Steve Bernier, and Ryan Carter, that was, or no, it wasn't Henrique, it was Steven Gianta, Bernier, and Carter, or, yeah, and Carter, but Adam Henrique fueled that line through basically him being the young guy and telling these guys what they need to do on and off the ice, and it just all worked out, but now without that leadership there, I mean, granted, he'll still be there, but it's not going to be with him on the ice, and it's going to, it's going to affect the Devils' play, yes, uh, but we'll rebound. But hockey's being great right now. San Jose is really hot right now. It's they went to shoot out with uh, the LA Kings the other night about a week ago, and that was hell of a game. Great game to watch. And uh, yeah, hockey's heating up. I see that Montreal goes to New Jersey tomorrow. Okay, so it's a home and home. Yeah. And then New Jersey follows that on Friday, hosting Detroit. Um, that's going to be tough. I want to see how the Panthers are doing, because that's who San Antonio feeds into. I mean, I told you, the only my favorite hockey teams and AHL teams, that's what I grew up with. And right now, Florida is... How many teams are in the division? 
It depends. Probably like six, seven. Because they're seventh in the Atlantic. <laughs> they're yeah, seven, four. fifteen, and five, and they host Ottawa tonight at seven thirty. Yeah, Florida's in second to last in the Atlantic. Buffalo's okay. the only one behind them. So, um, could be an interesting. I'm really curious because I want to see. I I, I want to see how much tickets are to. Uh, crap, Barons. The Barons games. There it is. The, how much Barons tickets are in the next two weeks? Otherwise, I'm not going to go to the game. I feel like we should wait till after Christmas, just because I feel like the season will be heating up a little bit more at that point in time. I've already got games scheduled to go to when I get home. I'm going to try to hit three or four Devils games. My span of a month or so, I'm home. So, and those tickets range from thirty to sixty bucks. So, I mean, it really depends where you want to sit. It's hockey games aren't going to sell out this early unless you're going to like big games. Yeah, big, big games. Like, um. I'm I'm so mad I can't go to the the Rangers Devil game at Yankee Stadium. Like a bunch of my buddies already got tickets for that, and I'm going to be back here. So. That's out of the question. But the Super Bowl is not. So I'm waiting for to see what that is. So you are going to the Super Bowl? That's for? It's not for certain. But I want, I have to see. I have to talk to my people. Your people? My people. You have a ticket agent or what? I have people. <laughs> um. I just want to go home and watch hockey. And be with my truck. I just want to watch Cavalier basketball. Not as as much as I would hate to watch Cavalier basketball. If it was the last thing on, I'd watch it, just because it's like, hey, why not? That, that's the time of year. It's like it's what we do like during the it, winter. It, that's like, the one thing. It's I, I miss watching Kyrie Irving play. I miss watching them lose. I miss watching. <laughs> I mean, they don't win, but I, I miss watching them. If play I was in San Antonio, lose. I would have seen that freaking buzzer beater that Timmy hit last night, and of course. Yeah. Guess what wasn't on up here in freaking Oakland? And you, if you follow the it's not on up yeah. here. Uh, and the, the, only, the Thunder weren't even playing last night. The only Cavaliers game I've seen is the LeBron James go back to Cleveland game. Yeah. That, that was the only game I've seen. Well, that was ESPN. Game. And that was on ESPN. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, okay, so you it, you can follow the three of us on Twitter. Dr. Curtis, Nick Skid 44 and Armando Today. That was really original. It's all one R. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, you can look at my Twitter. I even said, I wish. I, I said last night. I was like, uh, I wish I could watch the Thunder games in freaking Oklahoma. You, you know what was on Fox Sports Oklahoma last night? A replay of the North Texas Tulsa game from this past weekend. <laughs> you know what was on Fox Sports Plus? The World Poker Tour. Yeah. The Thunder were not playing last night. And they're p- playing a replay of bad college football. What did you say you put on Twitter? I wish I could watch the Spurs game in oh. Oklahoma. Oh. I'm just trying to get a retweet from Carrie Underwood. That's all, <laughs> that's all I'm used for Twitter. <laughs> um, this, this is kind of off topic, but have you guys seen the new spaceship that's going to land in Minnesota to be a new football field? What? This is the new... We'll put it on our Facebook. I'll put it on Facebook. It's a this is the new Vikings. It looks like a spaceship from the outside. That's, I'm just going with that. It's the new Vikings. It looks like Jerry World mixed with the oil drum. I thought you meant like an actual spaceship. It looks like Jerry's World mixed with the oil drum mixed with the Barclays Center. Yeah. Mixed with the new 49ers field. I mean, it, it's... 
I really it's just like want to hire four architects. It's like, yeah, like the four just, architects. Like, oh, like this part of this cool. stadium will take that part of that. It's like a grab and go. Right, we'll put a picture of it online. We'll put two of them That's up. Cool. It, it's gonna look really cool. It's That's just good. that window is gonna be hell for kickers. That window is gonna be great for snowfall when it comes crashing down. That's all I'm saying. That was yeah, not the right. wisest thing to put up there. Well, it's better than the air than a giant air bubble and heavy snow. No, it's probably it's got some it'll heat sensors be, and crap, and it'll melt the snow in like five yeah, minutes. It'll or probably have sensors on. It. That's true, but yeah, that's not going to be especially especially in Minnesota. That's going to be not fun at all. Because Minnesota normally plays your but early an game. Air bubble in Minnesota is a bad idea to begin with. I like air bubbles. Rutgers has one. I've been in that a bunch of it's times. It's miserable. The air doesn't move. It's just, it's disgusting. Yeah, it is like, kind of disgusting. Like, the, the going band uh, at Tech, I was asking my friends at uh, my buddy's birthday party on Friday, I was asking my friend, I was like, so what do you think of the bubble? He goes, it was miserable. He's like, it was like 60 degrees outside, but I was sweating in the bubble because there's no circulation. And all, all the visiting ba- bands that go to Texas rehearse in the bubble after the Texas band does. Mm, okay, so you get a little, you get a little <laughs> time there to go... That's nice. It's it's nice they let you do that. Yeah, well, we were going to let... Uh, there's two games that we host this year where the visiting team brings their full band. One of them was Kansas. And when Kansas came down here... The other one's Bedlam. The Both both bands always go to Bedlam. Bedlam's going to be crazy. Uh, that, gonna that's going to be, gonna be ridiculously exciting. It's going to be cold, and it's going to be fun. But we offered... Kansas, the stadium. We were going to let them have it from 6 to 8, 3 p.m. kickoff. We were going to let them have the stadium from 6 a.m. to 8, p- 8 a.m., and then they could go do whatever they wanted. They chose not to do it. And I mean, it's a 3 p.m. kick. You have to have rehearsal that early. Um, especially with, like, we have to have rehearsal, and we have all kinds of pregame stuff that the band does. Like, I was talking to some other people, some friends I have in other college bands, and they have rehearsal really late on game days because they don't have as much pregame stuff to do. Whereas this weekend, I've got two pep rallies after rehearsal. Pep rallies, the parade, all that. Yeah, and a parade. And keep in mind, kickoff this weekend is at 11 11 a.m. Yeah, that's... Uh, That's where I wish OU was actually a a better team, because that would be so much... Honestly, the way this year's been going, I'm not sure we would have gotten a later kick... Just because of the fact we're not this year, we don't get a 7:30 kick because of the ACC championship game. No. Florida State's not. Yeah, I don't think country. we would have got one this week. I can see us getting a 3:30 yeah, slot. 2:30? No. Who's going to watch it at that point? Auburn and Missouri is on at the they same time. No, they don't play till four. They play at 4:30 Eastern. They play at 3:30. They'll kick off 3:30 Central. Okay, so people watch the first quarter of our game and then they turn it off. You only get they watch for the first quarter. We're the only good 11 a.m. game now. That's true. So, they only pull ratings, however, from the first quarter. They pull at your highest point, and that's the rating from the game. Yeah, but I think our ratings will be higher for the 11 a.m. kick than they would be if we had a 2.30 this year. Depends. Just I mean, because of the way that the SEC works. The SEC championship game is always going to beat whoever else has The SEC championship is always going to be at 3.30. It, it always has that 3.30, 4 o'clock slot. Because CBS carries it, and they go, well, we're going to play it at this time, and CBS goes, Vern, you have a flight? Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's no, they go, Vern, here's your flight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's basically it. Um, anything else? Anything else going on? Uh, Thursday we'll catch up. We'll really go into Bedlam and we'll go into Texas Baylor and Missouri Auburn and Florida State Duke. Florida State Duke, Florida State's either going to get scared or dominate. It's not going to be in between. No way they get scared. I, I think it's a lot closer. Cutcliffe has... Cutcliffe against Fisher. 
I'm, Florida State wins that game by 40. Easy. I think Florida State Florida should. Florida, Florida State should win that James game Weston by 40. Throws four touchdowns, and it's it's a runaway game. Duke is really. I I want to say it's a runaway, but Duke is really intriguing, especially this year. So. There's all those teams where if they win the ACC, everyone's like, oh, now what do we do? I'm not a Florida State Especially fan. if Missouri wins the SEC. Now you're like, oh, yeah, do. I really want Duke to beat Florida State, but I just I don't do see it happening at all. Uh, I would love to see Duke beat Florida State and see what every voter does. Because if Ohio State wins Ohio State, then obviously is it. Yeah. In Missouri, and you're like, oh! <laughs> do we put, does Missouri jump? Everyone, does Florida State get in? Does Alabama somebody well, get in? Florida State. I mean, Florida that would State just be ideal. Loses, we're potentially top three. Potentially. Yeah. And on that note, do we have anything else we need to talk about? We're almost out of time, so I think it's time we go into... If, if there's nothing else we want to discuss... Can just we, Russell Wilson and yeah. Cam Newton and that whole mm-hmm. thing. What, what, okay. uh, I just had a bold prediction last night. I'm going to say Cam Newton and the Panthers lose in the a- NFC Championship game because I just think they're that good right now. Yeah, they really and are. They're going to streak all the way to the NFC Championship game, but I have a feeling they're going to run into Seattle. Yeah, I, Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. I don't, if they get home field, there's no one stopping Seattle in Seattle. They broke the Guinness World Record for noise last yeah. night. The loudest stadium in, in Guinness World Record is 137.9 decibels. I thought it was 138-point-something, but who gives 30, a crap? 30s. That's ridiculously loud. We didn't even get that loud. And our stadium is built to trap noise, not like Century League Field. Yeah. Century League Field is built as a football stadium that can convert to a soccer stadium. So it's meant to have a large field yeah. on it. Yeah. More people, the better, though. We've yeah. got twice our people. That's true. They do have a lot of people there. Although, no, last night, hold on, last night's attendance was only like 67,000. I don't think it holds that. Most of your NFL stadiums don't hold that much. Yeah, uh, most of your... Uh, except, for, except for the new ones. Like, yeah. Most of them are about as big as our stadium is. 68,387. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, Hyde's Field only holds 58. Ours, ours holds 60,218. 60, mm-hmm. Not that I was counting. But uh, but like the new the Meadowlands holds a hundred k. Jerry World hold, holds about eighty nine ninety something like that. Um, it might be up to a hundred. I don't know with standing room. There's a lot of the the new NFL stadiums are trying they're 80, trying to make bigger. Eighty thousand. Eighty thousand. What's MetLife? MetLife. I mean, MetLife is MetLife might be eighty five. So it says right there. Is that the 82. one? Eighty two. Eighty two. Oh, MetLife eighty two five sixty six. FedEx Field ninety one seven zero four. But I think that was built more for. No, it was built for straight for the Redskins. That was yeah, built for the Redskins. For the Redskins. Uh, because, uh, the Superdome, 72,003. That's an old stand that was built huge. That was that was originally built that they could do three car shows in at one time. Yeah. An auto auction, a car show, and a wedding was supposed to be able to be done at one time in that stadium. That place is... Have you guys ever been to New Orleans? I've no. seen this. I've been through never it. I've never stopped. I've never been down south. It is. You go into New Orleans, and that's the first thing you see is just huge, massive dome. And then you see the city behind the dome. It, it's one of those really cool things to see. It's it's something you don't forget, that's for sure. And, I mean, we might... I, oh, never mind. That's not exactly a weekend trip. That's a 12-hour drive. Yeah, it's a long I was going to say, we could just make a weekend trip and go to New Orleans. That's, that's, a, week, that, that, that's, that's a week trip. That's a week trip. That's <coughs> Wacko. <laughs> Screw Waco. I, I don't like Waco. I mean, yeah, I've got some good friends who go to Baylor. I just, 
I was telling my buddy, I was talking trash about Austin at my buddy's birthday party, and he goes, what do you have against Austin? I was like, honestly, nothing. I just like talking trash about it to make you mad. And he goes, as long as you can admit it, I'm okay with it. That's sports. Well, not even just sports. The city of Austin. He goes, I think you would love it in Austin. I was like, I probably would, but I don't know. I like my peace and quiet. It's, It's backed by sports, though. Um... Russell Wilson played really well last night. I was really impressed. Um, I think Russell Wilson played like he always has played. He's finally on a national stage. Did he play like that last year? I mean, it it was highlighted because he actually he played a great team last night. He didn't just play a good team or an average team. He played a great team last night and played just as well. I think that's what got people. That's what got me. Um, Armando, you and I were talking about it at breakfast. I mean. Neither one of us think that Russell Wilson is the most special thing in the NFL, but we both admitted he played well last night. Well, he played fantastic last night. Just how circumstances are going to fall as of right now with Seattle sitting at 11 and 1. If they hold this, is if they hold on, they're going to have home field advantage through the playoffs, and it's going to be hard to win in Seattle. Yeah. <coughs> um, but I'm just saying, watch out for Carolina. Carolina played Seattle. In Seattle, or was that at Carolina? I don't remember. But I know it was a 12-7 game. And that was before both the teams got hot. Yeah. yeah. That was, I believe, in September is when that game Well, I mean, has Seattle really been cool at all this year? They no. lost to Indy in Indianapolis. That's I believe it. that was a close game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really was. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm NFL season's coming around. It's looking yeah. really good. Washington is out of the playoffs officially, and... Uh, Seattle's the first team to clinch. Let's not get into the AFC. The AFC is hot. AFC's a mess. Let's not, not, yeah, let's not get into the AFC because we have no clue who was in, who was out. The well, Steelers at, the Denver's Steelers at five and Denver's seven. Denver's in, Steelers Denver's in, in Kansas City's in, that's it. That's we it have right no now. clue. Okay, we have no clue who the bottom four teams are going to be. No. <laughs> the AFC North and the AFC South. The, the North, the South... In the East are all just bleh. they're just yeah. messes. The, the Patriots won the winning. The West is a very clear cut division right now, and that's only because the Chiefs and the Broncos are that good. And two two of the two of the Chiefs' losses are to the Broncos. The other one is to San Diego <laughs> on a game that no one saw coming. No, exactly. And San Diego is currently in tenth. They're five and seven. So, um, anything else? Do uh, you want to talk real quick about? Thought on Mono and I were going nuts here during the yeah during the, the, during the iron. I was going berserk. I, there was there's three of us left, four of us left here over Thanksgiving, and we probably would have gotten a noise complaint had been RAs here. We I were going was, absolutely I insane. I was watching it with my brother, and my parents were had it on. They were putting down the floor in my parents' bedroom because uh, my grandparents just moved out, so we're kind of renovating the house. And by we, I mean my parents, because I'm here in Oklahoma. And <laughs> um, they, I, I'm standing in the living room. I was swearing. I was so. Oh, it was excited. In, it was incredible. And was I picked. It. I picked Alabama. It just, but just, there is no better finish to a football game than what happened. My hat is off to Gus Malzahn. Yeah. What What he did was he he did the the whole Mississippi State kind of like what we did to Baylor. We did the Kansas State plan, but better. He did the Mississippi State plan, but, but better. better. And that, well, that's just it. Dan Mullen's got athletes and players who can match up against anybody in the country. 
they're they're in Starksville. And Malzahn's got the same thing in Auburn. So I mean, I don't really know that he used any plan. He just used his players to the to Bama's weaknesses. And Bama doesn't have many weaknesses. And there's only two teams this year who would have and did exploit their weaknesses. And that was Texas A and M, and that was Auburn. Mm-hmm. And it was it was incredible to watch that. That was one of those games that you will that I will never forget. Just watching it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an Auburn fan, not an Alabama fan, but I will never forget watching that game. No. Just because it's a, it'll be like when we're you know seven years old and something happens kind of big. You're like, oh, I remember in 2013 when Auburn won on the Hail Mary and then won on a game-winning field goal return for a touchdown yeah. the week after. Back-to-back weeks. Exactly. It's going to be one of those things where we're telling our, old, our, our grandchildren down the road, years down the road about it. Mm-hmm. Right. The latest bowl projections have Auburn in the Sugar Bowl and Alabama in the Orange Bowl, according to CBS. They have us against Northern Illinois. If that happens, Stillwater is going to be a very upset place. I don't know who else we would play. That's the thing. What's your other at large? You do you want to play Alabama? Yeah. God no, I don't want to play Alabama. I'd rather play like, although they're. If I mean, we don't lose to West Virginia, your, your other at large is no. Those are your two at large. West Virginia. Yeah. No, Michigan State's your at large in this. I'd rather no, I'd, I'd, I'd rather play Michigan State, but Rose Bowl is going to pick them up in a hurry. Oh yeah. Um, the Rose Bowl always tries to pick up. Big Ten, big, Pac-12. A Big Ten team to play against the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Pac-12 or the Big Ten always has a team in the national title, they'll still try and pick up the backup Big Ten and get the at-large if the Pac-12 isn't ready for it. That's just how it is. Um, other bowl projections, OU is projected to play Oregon. Oh, that game won't be close. I can't even go to that. They're projected to go to the Alamo Bowl, and I won't be in town for it. I'll be in Arizona. That won't even be a close game to go to, though. Who cares? Oregon's never played in the Alamo Bowl. OU's never played. OU's played in San Antonio. They've never played in the Alamo Bowl. Um, Boston College, Ole Miss. That's going to be a terrible game. Oh, what happened to Ole Miss? They were playing so well at the beginning of the year, and now they're the seventh, seventh seed out of the SEC. Ready for this? Duke will play projected A&M. At the Chick Fil A Bowl, yeah, that both of them, both of those earned that, and I mean that in their own right. Duke, that's a great bowl game for Duke, and that'll Texas A and M did not play well. First bowl game, that's not before December twenty fifth. Yeah. Um, I told my I uh, before the Missouri game, A and M was projected to go to the Capital One Bowl, and uh, I so we were talking about Christmas break with my buddies and I. I was like, "Yeah, I'll be in Arizona." My buddy goes, "I'm going to Houston. I'm going to Houston." I was like, "Right now, you're projected to go." It was my buddy from Tech. He goes, "I'll be in Houston." I was like, "Right now, you're projected to go to San Diego, but the odds that you're <laughs> that that's going to go down after losing to Texas are about a hundred percent." And it did. They're projected to go to the Houston Bowl right now. That would be fun. The or they used to be called the Houston Bowl. I'm sorry, it is now the Texas Bowl. And a what like when Mike Sherman's last year with Texas A and M, it was the Meineke Car Care Bowl of Texas. Just to give you an idea how crappy this bowl game is, um, Marshall and Vanderbilt in the Liberty Bowl. What a game there! Not those are the fun bowl games to watch, though. That one won't be. Um, there's Who's Rutgers some... supposed to play play Mississippi State in what bowl game? Uh. 
The BBVA Compass Bowl? Rutgers is a letdown. Who's going to the... Somewhere, someone is projected to go to Who's the, going to the Pinstripe Bowl? That's, that's, exa- that's the one I was thinking watch. of. Yeah. Notre Dame and Cincinnati. That's that, the that'd projection. That would be a fun bowl game to go to. When is that? Uh, December 28th. Ooh, I'll be home. Yeah. Lucky. I'll be in freaking Arizona. Yeah, I want to go. I would love to go to the Alamo Bowl this year, especially if like the projection comes true. I mean, most of these bowl games are pretty much set. It's just the committee. Uh, the committees have to make the bids, but they can't make the bid until Sunday. Um, next so, week we'll do a, a bowl pick 'em for the show, mm-hmm. and we'll pick every bowl game. We'll do it right here on air. Thursday's iffy. Thurs- Thursday next week is up in the this air. Week. Or this week is up in the air because of weather. So if mm-hmm. we will keep you updated, the weather is supposed to turn to crap as early as tomorrow. And none of us have class on Thursday. Well, my class hasn't been canceled on Thursday. Oh, yet. last weekend's okay. Well, mine and I don't have class, so oh. we'll, we'll play by air with you. We'll, we'll play it by air. But um, there's no sense in us. Picks will be up. up. We'll put yeah. some For, stuff. We'll still have internet access. Uh, worst case scenario, we won't do a show, and we'll have picks up on Facebook on Thursday. But um, the weather here, it's not supposed to get above 30 until 30 Sunday. The week, so, yeah. No, even next week's not going to go above 40. Yeah. Now, it's not supposed to get above 40 until we're home for Christmas. So um, we will do our best to have a show on Thursday, and we will do our best to have a show next week. Next week is finals week. We're working around our final schedule. And we will. And Tuesday's, Tuesday's good. Tuesday's, yeah. good. Tuesday's looking good. Tuesday's um, good for me, yeah. Uh, I have my first, my only final on Tuesday is at night, so we will keep you posted on Facebook, especially for our families because of the crappy weather, the crappy winter weather that's supposed to come in. In fact, you I mean the lovely winter weather. I just want snow. I'm not gonna lie. I want a snowball fight. I want I, snow, but on the other side, I don't want my flight to be delayed. Yeah, I don't want to be sitting at an airport. I, don't I, I know be, this time in Ohio, I, I would be saying I hate snow. I Why do we have snow? I don't want to be sliding down ice when I'm driving home for Christmas. Yeah, mm-hmm. but as of right now, I miss snow. I really do miss snow. Yeah. I never thought I would say that, but I miss snow. I mean, it, it gets to the point in Ohio where you're sick of it. Oh, I, I'm telling yeah. you, if we don't get snow before that OSU Texas Tech basketball game that's in Lubbock, I'm driving to Lubbock and I'm having a snowball fight with my buddies from high school because I'm tired. Now, I mean, it snowed here and it didn't stick, but it's if there's a foot, like a half a foot, a foot of snow in Lubbock, Texas, it doesn't snow. It's not supposed to snow in Texas. <laughs> um, but. Like we said, two, Thursday is up in the, the last three shows are up in the air because of weather. For sure, we'll have one next week. We will. We will do everything in our power to have one next week, but um, we will keep you posted on Facebook, mm-hmm. just as always. And now it's time for that. It's time for that segment in the show. I don't know why where the it, where the audio is coming from. Oh, there it is. Um. It's time for fan mail. Should I go first or go for it? Okay, I've got three questions coming in, all of them from my family. Three, all three of them, like I said earlier in the show, relate to the Iron, the Iron Bowl. And first one comes in from my brother, and this one upsets me because I'm an Ohio State fan. Should Ohio State be in the BCS national championship game, or does Auburn deserve it more? Um. That is, those are two completely different styles of teams. Everyone's like, oh, Ohio State doesn't put up lots of points. They had trouble with Michigan. We're talking about one of the oldest, most classical rivalries, or classic rivalries in all of collegiate sports, the game. 
Um, escaping Ann Arbor is just as good as drubbing Clemson on the road in my in my book, especially for an Ohio State team. I, I look at it this way. If if Northwestern doesn't do what Northwestern doesn't go okay. 0-6 for the next you know six games after win Ohio one State conference team, game. Win one that win looks so good. Ohio State doesn't have a good win because of that. Because of Nebraska falling off this year. Because Wisconsin. Nebraska's had trouble in the Big Ten because yeah. they're they're still in well, the transition from a Big Twelve to a Big Ten they, style team. They were, de- they were decent last year. The problem is with Ohio State, they don't have that good win. That's because they they played the team. When they played the team, they played a good team. They played as good, in Iowa. When they played, they Cal, played a good Cal, Iowa was playing team. good football. They played a good Cal team. They played a great Northwestern team. The problem with that is the teams fell off after they lost to Ohio State. They knocked those teams. They hit those basically. They hit them so hard they couldn't get back up. Right. And that, they hurt themselves in that ladder. Right. That that's the way I look at it. Is if if they don't. You know, fall off. Northwestern doesn't fall off. That's a great quality win for Ohio State. And they honestly, don't have a good one because of that reason. Yeah, and Ohio State and Auburn are two completely different styles of teams. Ohio State is not a team that puts up lots of points. And you could go back to, oh, well, yes, Auburn did beat Alabama at home. Oh, Alabama Auburn, is still the best team Auburn in the country to me. also only beat Georgia on a lucky Hail Mary bobble with... 18 seconds left in the game. Now, if you're going to say that, people are going to say Ohio State only beat Michigan on a lucky interception on two-point conversion. That's what I'm saying. You can't you can't bring in yeah. the, the close games in it's, it's one of the things. What do you think? The you're the only non-biased person on this one in here. Well, what you said about the lucky two-point conversion interception, that that ball should have never been thrown in Delio's way. So, that I don't see that as luck. Auburn... In the matter of half a minute, they could have two losses rather than two wins. Right. Like mm-hmm. they could be sitting at nine and three in Bama. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Bama cruising their way back to passing. Think about this. We were. I don't know about you. When we saw them put one second on, we were we were upset. Why would you do that? All oh, Auburn's gonna lose now. Uh, Alabama's gonna game. It's over. Yeah. And then what happens? Nick Saban argued for that one second. You no, know, he's the one who lobbied that they look for one second and found one second. They, they deserved it though. And then the one second. The fact of the matter was, though, well, the fact of the matter was, there was a, truly a second left on the clock when he there was out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And, and that, and that, that was Saban, Saban lobbied for them to review it, and they reviewed it like they should. Yeah. But it was it was it was comical to me that you know Saban was one who you know lobbied for it and all this, and then it happens, and then that one second, and you know, comes back to bite. You him talk about it's questionable taking that field goal. I get it. I 100 percent get it. Do I agree with it? I don't have to. And quite frankly, I don't. Because that game goes to overtime, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can't be certain with any Iron no. Bowl, just like you can't be certain with any Ohio State Michigan game. It comes to the point though that in overtime, Auburn, Alabama didn't have a kicker. Kate Foster was 0 for three at the time going into that. Kate so, Foster had a, such a poor Foster man. I feel I feel bad for the kid. That hurts it's, the it's, one, too. it's one of those things where Saban was thinking, okay, we go into overtime and they kick a field goal. We have to score a touchdown. We can't play it safe and kick the field goal again. We have to score. Because he, I don't trust he wanted to kick the field goal and get out of town, and he put his freshman kicker with one hell of a leg in there. The kid kicked it 55 yards out of 57. Out of 57. Yeah. It That's landed a, two yards short. It was it was incredible. 109 yards. I can't believe that. Uh, the other the second question I have comes from my mom. Uh 
And this is actually pertaining to our field, too. As sports media majors, what are your opinions of the announcers during the Bama-Auburn game? Was it better to be excited or... Uh, the excited, excited, or um, more calm and professional. I think all three. I'm including the two university personnel and the CBS crew handled it perfectly. I think that uh, fact of the matter is that the Auburn announcer and the Bama announcer are paid univer- paid university employees. And they, they are. I'm not going to say they they are biased, but they, 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 yeah. You are you are representing. Don't you go crazy? There's you are you are representing your university. You are you are somehow obviously. And I, if, and I you say, off, if you went you are bipartisan. Like you listen to like a home radio broadcast. It's a bad penalty. Oh, that's a that's a that's an interesting call there. You know, if if it's against you, you know, you're like, oh, I don't know about that. If it's for you, you're like, oh, great call. Yeah. That, that, or sometimes they'll be like, well, that call really hurts the Cowboys, or that call really helps Gundy, Gundy's personnel yeah. out there. It's, it's one of those things where if you're paid by if you're paid by the university, you're, you're, your university fans are listening to you. You're allowed to be biased a little you're bit. Not, a, not a lot. You're setting the tone for your fans that can't watch the game on Exactly. Everything's so, done well. And everyone's giving that Auburn announcer crap. Auburn's going to win the football game. Well, oh, yeah, that's really original. At that point, you're too excited to think about words. It's, I mean, we showed a couple of weeks ago the Bedlam. Yeah, it was one of our first shows. Two years ago. Yeah, it was back in One of our first shows, the yeah. Dave Hunzacker line. Yeah. Back in our old studio, yeah. Where it's, it's one of those things where you don't think about it. You At that moment, you're just like, you're lucky. They're lucky that he got out words at that point in time of what was going on around him. Yep. I mean, John Holcomb, boomer, sooner, loser. You know he was. You know he couldn't think of anything to say. He came up with "boomer sooner loser." I mean, you hear the the second guy in the background, your analyst of the Auburn call. He's he's oh my god. Yeah. He, he's in disbelief that this is happening. Oh my god! The, he's gonna get to the end zone. He's going all the way. Yeah, he, he, Auburn's gonna win the football game. They're in disbelief that this is happening. We were in disbelief that it was happening. I was in disbelief. I was standing there in, in the living room. I was the only. Two people in my house picked Bama. I was one of them. The other one was my mom because she works with a woman who went to the University of Alabama. Who, her son went to school there. And um, at least I think she went there. I know she's a huge fan. And I'm standing in the living room going, I don't freaking believe this. And we got a brand new TV, big screen, beautiful. But yeah, my brother is like, holy crap. My dad's going, I don't bleeping believe it. And it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, it's one of things where we were, it's... What you can get out in that announcing is incredible, and I give props to them. CBS handled it perfectly too. CBS did it really well. Vern Lundquist did a great job. I'm not a big Vern Lundquist fan. I always feel that he's bipartial to Alabama and Georgia. And that's just how I am. I always feel like he's that way. He might not be. Everybody has their own opinions of other but, broadcasters. Like there's people on he, what he did right? there was incredible. Yeah. Because he not only was excited for the. Auburn fans, but he in some way comforted the Alabama fans. If you listen to it, yeah, it was kind of weird. It's like he's like, and wow, what you know, what an ending, or what an like ending, that. you know, these two great teams playing and all this. You're like, wow, you know, he basically said it's okay that you guys lost because you, you guys played incredible and lost on a. You're not gonna lose, Nick Saban. I've never lost like that, and I've never seen anybody lose like that. Yeah, it, I I don't think I've ever really seen that happen in a game. I've seen uh-huh. I've seen Devin Hester run it back. I've seen all that. Never seen a game ending. Never. Yeah. I've never seen that either. Field goal return for a touchdown. My last question, 
Who should play in the BCS National Championship game if Ohio State loses to Michigan State and Auburn loses to Missouri in their respective conference championship games? I've heard, and he says, I've heard one BCS expert say Oklahoma State has a loss if Ohio State and Auburn both lose. While that may be the case, it's not 100% true because if, if in order for Oklahoma State to get in, everybody has to lose in front of us by a bajillion and then we play Bama in the national championship game. Right. And we have to win Bedlam by about 70. I, we, we talked about this. Yeah. We talked about a scenario that Mono had to figure out of how we got in. We did South Carolina to play Auburn. Auburn to win. South Carolina to play Auburn in the SEC title game and beat Auburn. And then Florida State to lose. To Duke. To Duke. Or to Florida and then lose to Duke in the in the. F, in the ACC title game and this to happen, that to happen. And they're like, oh yeah, then we play Ohio State. And then, and then none of it happened. No, all of it almost happened. Yeah, Mizzou almost Mizzou lost. almost lost. And then they would have played. It's one of those things. Almost lost. Ohio State Alabama almost lost. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where oh, it could have happened. I if Auburn loses and Ohio State loses, Bama's in. That's the question. Do they put a non-conference champion Bama over a conference champion? They've already Missouri? done it. Definitely. I, I think they should. They deserve it. Bam, they're, to, they're me, by far the best. to me, I don't agree with how rankings work in college sports because I don't think one loss tells you you're not this best. You're not the best team in the country. To me, Bama's still the best team in the country, hands down. Yeah. And, and to me, you put, that's this is why I'm excited for the four. For the for the for the fourteen playoff, I really it's, it's not, not great, it's not but it's big. a step in the right direction. It's not. I I I wish they would go to what Division Two FBS and Division Three have. Yeah. FCS is twenty four teams. I was looking at the other day. Mm-hmm. They have uh, sixteen. They have eight teams with the top eight teams get buys, and then um, there's sixteen teams that play each other in the first round. But I, that's what I want. I think it would be a lot more fair, and it would generate more money. Yeah, you can hold these these games at you can hold these games, you know, at different venues. Neutral sites, all neutral sites. Country. These can be your bowl games. You can keep you can keep some of the bowl games for as like a football version of the NIT because that's just how college major college football works is bowls. But I mean, you, I want to I, I want to go division to three does thirty two teams thirty two teams. You have your D three probably 12. does thirty two also. That's that's gonna be D three. My fault. D three does thirty two. You have your twelve conference champions or automatic locks, mm-hmm. and then the rest are all at largest. At largest, and yeah. that's that's how it should be. I mean, it, yes, it would add a whole month to the schedule, but don't we already do that? I mean, basically, yeah. you add the whole month of December. That's basically it. So that's all the questions I have. Um, I don't think Oklahoma State has a shot unless we win Bedlam by about 100. Mondo? No. Quiet. No questions? No, nothing. <laughs> Nick? No. Uh, here's your fun fact today, though, guys. I told, told you guys earlier, for you listeners, uh, today in history, 1963, so 50 years ago, happy birthday to the instant replay. In the Army-Navy game of 1963, same year after... I hate you. <laughs> Uh, after Kennedy was shot, they used replay to determine the touchdown at the end of the game. So that is your that's your fun fact. Happy birthday to you! Instant replay. You're 50 years old, finally getting over the hump, <laughs> and you still are causing us problems. 
<laughs> just talk to Nick Saban. <laughs> yeah, just talk to Nick Saban. You're still you're still making teams sad. Closing comments. Um, is that yours? That's mine. That's yours. That's Mondo, mine. do you have any closing comments? Um, yeah. Well, depending on what we're gonna do show wise, I yeah, we're I, home in a week and a half. Yeah. And I leave Stillwater Thursday night next week. Yeah, they fight out of here Saturday morning. But yeah, I get to see my truck, <laughs> my friend, my family, my friends. Truck's most important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I drove my truck the other day, and it's in, it's not in, in terrific shape. It's leaking antifreeze right now. Oh, um, you know, yeah, that's okay. You don't need that. But it's okay, because, I mean, my family, that's my brother's truck now, so, I mean, that's it. That's, that's his deal. Uh, I've got my car. Um, I'm hoping we can do another show. Yeah. I feel the really lonely least, now. The hope is at least one more show. The ho- yeah. Uh, For sure we'll try and get one more it, show. It, even if we can't come into the studio, we'll probably just pop open a computer and pull, put one on in one of our bedrooms. Do something. Because we'll figure something out, but we'll try and get at least one more show before we head home for the holidays. Uh, we'll keep you posted on the weather here in Stilly. And uh, anything you need to know about the show will be on our Facebook page. From Stillwater, Oklahoma, my name's Curtis Quillen. I'm Armando today. And I am Nick Skidmore. And we hope to see you on Thursday. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>